On today's episode, we'll spend a few more moments talking about the word hope. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Thank you for listening to Preach Impediments, made possible by Eden Hollow. Check out what's being written and made available by going to EdenHollow.com. I apologize for the recording that I did with Mark Roberts just a few days ago. It was a blast to do. I loved my conversation with Mark, but in going back and listening, I find that the recording of my voice is a little bit off. I've gone back and, and looked at what has caused that. Hopefully, we won't have that problem in the future. But again, my apologies for a less than uh, perfect recording, not that any of them are really ever perfect. Well, we can hope that things will get better. Oh boy, there goes the preacher lead-ins right there. Uh, but I did want to spend a few more moments talking about hope. I, there, it's taken me a little while to figure out what I could add to the conversation that I had with Mark. It was really so good and well-rounded, and I enjoyed talking to him so much. But uh, there are certain passages of Scripture that keep popping into my mind as I think about this word hope a little bit further. One of them is in Psalm 62. Let me read that for you. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him, like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone... Oh, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock. My refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. There are several things that are, are really obvious in this passage of Scripture. I almost hesitate to point them out because I don't really want to take away from the psalm by breaking it down into pieces. But, but I do think they are thoughts that are worth dwelling on. Maybe one of these has been elusive for you. For instance, I think the first point you realize about hope in this passage of Scripture, this, this psalm that really is a crying out of hope, is that hope requires relationship. For us to hope in God, we have to know God. We have to be in a relationship with God. We have to have a reason to believe that He seeks to rescue us. Look how many relationship words there are in just these eight verses. The titles or descriptions that the psalmist here gives God. 
He's my rock. He's my salvation. He's my fortress. He's my hope. He is the God of my salvation. All of these are statements made that that emphasize the amount of relationship that the psalmist has with God. It is such a powerful picture of what it means to serve a God who is loving, who is protective, who is providing for us. And having a God like that really is the source of our hope. Not only that, hope requires reliance. Requires reliance. And what I mean by that is when we have a relationship with God, when we realize what a great God he is, when we realize that it is his power, his glory, his character that gives us an opportunity for hope, we will, we will trust in that. Here, the psalmist says, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. We are being told that God is a trustworthy God, that God is, is reliable, that God can be trusted in. And that is the source of our hope. That is the reason we have the opportunity to, to go through the bad days and go through the difficult aspects of life and have those failing human relationships because we know we have one relationship on which we can always rely that will never fail us. We have a God we can trust in. Hope also requires self-resistance. Uh, that's a word we don't use a lot, but I, I think it is a word that is especially applicable in the context of hope. We live in a culture that tells us to be independent and to be self-reliant, to trust in ourselves, to know that, that as long as we take care of ourselves first, then everything else will work out. You know, Watch out for numero uno, that idea of making sure you get what's coming to you, that you get your just desserts, that you get what you should have. That self-reliance and self-glorification and self-exaltation and self-image and self, uh, you know, just building an entire life around self. Well, hope requires self-resistance. It requires us to resist ourselves. It requires us to put our hope elsewhere. I mean, let's be honest. How far has relying on yourself gotten you? How much has that done for you in the long run? As you've put all of your trust in yourself, how's that worked out for you? I would imagine if you're like most people, not that great. And we live in a culture, in a world, in a society that is depressed, that is upset, that is uh, dissatisfied, that is not content. We live in a society that, that wants to talk about all the things that are going wrong. And we seek out information about all the things that are going wrong. That's what our modern day news is. That's what Mark and I talked about the other day. Well, if you take all of your trust off of yourself and instead practice self-resistance, well, then you're going to find hope elsewhere. And the only one that you will place before yourself is the one who is better than yourself, and that is God. 
Hope requires taking refuge in God. And again, these are such obvious points. I recognize that. But I think they're worth dwelling on. You you have to seek refuge when you're in trouble. You have to find a place of, of, of safety whenever there's a storm that comes up. I remember learning as a kid that whenever a, a thunderstorm rolls up, if I'm out in um, the wide open and a thunderstorm rolls up, do, you are not supposed to go take protection under a tree. And the reason for that, obviously, would be lightning. But as a kid, that made no sense to me at all. I wasn't even thinking about lightning. I was thinking about getting out of the rain. I was thinking about getting protection from the wind. I was thinking about finding something bigger than myself to protect me. That's what made sense in my small human brain. And I think we're the same way about life in general. Whenever things go wrong, we want to find somewhere, someone that is bigger than us, that is stronger than us, that is able to protect us. That's why children will run to their mom or to their dad whenever they're scared. It's because they want someone to give them refuge. They want to have some way to escape the danger and to eliminate the fear. Well, hope requires us to seek the one who can actually protect us. That, that's what gives us hope. Is we know that there is a God out there who is big enough and strong enough and loves us enough to protect us, well, then we have a reason for hope. If we've got a God out there who's able to, to give us guidance from our sins, and he is able to take away the guilt of our sins, well, then we have someone we can hope in. When we've got a God who's able to watch out for us and knows our future and can help us make the decisions that are best for our future, well, then we have a reason for hope because we have a God in whom we can take refuge. The last point, and we spent a few minutes talking about this the other day, but it is amazing to me how often hope and rejoicing are linked together. Just in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5 verse 2 says, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. All three of these passages link joy or rejoicing with hope. And again, that seems so obvious. If you are a person of hope, you're obviously going to be a person of joy. But as logical as that is, oftentimes it doesn't work that way. Oftentimes, we do find reasons to be miserable, reasons to mourn, reasons to lose hope and lose our joy. Well, if we want to be a rejoicing people, and the Bible is clear that we should be, Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. If we are going to be a rejoicing people, we need to be a hopeful people. And you can see how those two things go hand in hand. Now, let me go back 
to Psalm 62 and read the rest of the psalm, verses 9 down through verse 12 for you. Common people are only a vapor. Important people, an illusion. Together on a scale, they weigh less than a vapor. Place no trust in oppression or false hope in robbery. If wealth increases, don't set your heart on it. God has spoken once. I have heard this twice. Strength belongs to the Lord, and faithful love belongs to you, Lord, for you repay each according to his works. Do you see there? The psalmist is telling us, do not place your hope in being an important person on this world. Do not place your hope in society, in government, in all the trappings of this world. Because if you add it all together, it weighs less than vapor. And don't place your hope in riches, uh, whether that be oppressing others as some sort of master who is mistreating and underpaying their employees so that they can have more. And don't be one of those who's going to resort to robbery so that you can have more. Don't, it, you know, it doesn't matter how much wealth you have. Even if it increases, you can't place your hope there. That's not where your heart belongs. But strength belongs to the Lord. Faithful love belongs to the Lord. Rewards for labors belongs to the Lord. If we really want to find joy and hope and satisfaction and good in this life, that is only found by belonging to the Lord. And that's where I think it's important to get back to. Hope is really an issue of perspective. It's really an issue of where you look to for your satisfaction, for your joy, for the outcomes or the solutions to the difficulties of life. If you will look to the God who is the God of hope, well, then you will, you will find those things. That's the reason the Bible can say things like the Beatitudes, where no matter how difficult things get or what you're dealing with in life, you are blessed if you look to the right place. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. While none of those passages really talk about hope in word, all of those verses talk about hope in their message. Because it doesn't matter if you're poor in spirit, mourning, humble, hungering and thirsting for something better, whether you are uh, being merciful all the time or you're pure in heart or peacemakers, you know, all of those things, while we have equated those things to being good things, in the world's eyes, none of those things get you ahead. But in God's eyes, all of those things get you ahead. And that's why we should place our hope in God. God is the one who really brings satisfaction, who really blesses us with true blessings. God is the one who gives us and makes us a part of the kingdom of heaven. And so I encourage you, brother or sister, Put your hope in God. 
not in this world, not in legislation, not in governments, not in wealth, not in your occupation, not in some form of entertainment, not even in your spouse or in your family or even in your Christian duties. Put your hope in God. God is the source. God is the solution. God is the one who will bring you fulfillment. I hope this podcast episode has been helpful to you, and I hope it's something you'll be willing to share with others. We are only able to reach people if you let people know about this podcast. So do your best to get out there and let people know what we're trying to do, why we're trying to do it, and what this is all about. We hope this has in some way challenged you. We hope it has increased your faith. Until next time.